G'day guys, welcome to Corona ch- Coronavirus Chat, uh, Cowboys Chat, uh, <laughs> Nitch, good to have you with me uh, in self-isolation, how are you doing? Mate, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit rough over here, mate. The last uh, the last week or so, the the virus, mate, it's it's spreading uh, like wildfire and all over Europe and all over the Holland and Scandinavian countries and UK, France, Germany, Italy. Yeah, mate, it's, it's crazy, been man. Uh, yeah, mate, it's it's crazy. It was like um, the beginning of this week actually. It felt like it was uh, not that bad. You know, it felt like uh, a lot of the numbers in most of the countries were still only in the hundreds or, or below one or two hundred. Yeah. And then the last three or four days, it's been exploding. And uh, every day when the updates come through on the, on the webpage, which shows the live numbers, uh, a lot of the European countries are, are jumping up by one or two, 200 every day, mate. But Speaking of explosions, you got toilet paper sorted, mate? <laughs> <laughs> mate, um, luckily I have, yes. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, was, I, I uh, was needing a top-up of toilet paper about uh, a week and a half ago, mate. And so... Um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, mate, I, I live by myself and uh, in Amsterdam, so one uh, one big batch of toilet paper keeps me going for a, for a while, mate. Uh, un- unlike, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, unlike uh, unlike some families where they can get, go through it really fast, mate. But yeah, are, are you uh, are you sorted, mate? Have you uh, you ventured down to the the Aldi or the? Uh, uh, what's what's the, one of the local shops there in London, mate? Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Sainsbury, uh, yeah, yeah. Waitrose, if you're that way inclined. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, <clears throat> we're actually starting to run run a bit low, which is a bit of a, a bit of a pain. So I haven't I've been deliberately not buying toilet paper because I didn't want to be seen as uh, a stockpiling. <laughs> but actually now now it's got to the point where we need it and there's none left anywhere. So uh, how, many, how many in your house, mate? There's four of us in the house, so it, and how many know, how many bathrooms? There's two bathrooms, so we tend to. Uh, plow through the toilet paper but uh <laughs> yeah all good fun mate um mate, you might need to start going more at work or uh, yeah. or at, uh, well, i was gonna i was gonna say at tottenham's home grand but uh, <laughs> but, uh that, that's been that's been put on hold now as that's well that's it no more premier league mate no more premier league till at least the start of april um which gives mm-hmm. the tottenham the the chance to recover from a few injuries which is not a bad thing but uh it oh, seems of, like my- liverpool may not win the title mate I was going to say maybe it gives them a little bit of time just to, just to recover. They haven't been going that, that good Tottenham at the moment, mate. They're no. uh, beaten in the in the during the week by Leipzig. Although Leipzig are actually um, quite a good they're team. Good, man, yeah. They're good, man. They're going they're going quite well in the Bundesliga this year. They're second, I think, in the Bundesliga. Yeah, so, yeah. I think they were, they were leading it actually for yeah. quite a period of during the year as well. So. They were only like one point behind uh, Bayern Munich, but they maybe they're on top of them again. Like they're, they're smashing it, man. They're actually a really good team. So they're like the Tottenham of Germany. Oh, uh, I guess I guess you, you would say they're a good team, mate. Given uh, they gave your, uh, your 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 team a hiding uh, on, on both legs, I think actually. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't uh, Liverpool lose both legs of their, <laughs> their, their their journey as well? Mate, mate, we've won enough Champions Leagues over the last couple of years. I think we've been in like three finals in a row or something. Actually, is it? I know definitely two finals in a row and one one one. One one, yeah. Feel, just, I have just a feeling two, they, they two were finals in, in a row. Oh, I have a feeling they may be going back another year. They were in a final as well. They, they were in memory. Europa League final a couple of times, I think. But okay. uh, but the Champions League, yeah, two two in a row. They obviously lost to Real Madrid, and then then we don't need to talk about what happened last year. So well, it's all good. Well, they won. They won last year. <laughs> no, and, uh, no, and the, no, the, no, the Real Madrid mate final was uh, was due to uh, the goalkeeper. Playing with concussion. Oh man, some of those goals they were they were terrible. <laughs> man, I, I remember yeah. being at the, uh, the I was at the casino actually in Amsterdam that that night. And was uh, and was in disbelief as I was watching uh, the goalkeeper make uh, uh, two t- two terrible decisions in, in between uh, dominating uh, blackjack, mate. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, snuck, up, I, up yeah, I, I snuck off the table and had a bit of a watch, and then uh, and then and then I got back into it to, to make some more euros. Yeah, but, good uh, shout, good shout. But mate, uh, mate. yeah. So, but but, but, but how, how you been anyway? No, no virus on your side. Yeah, you, no, you be- I'm uh, I'm all good. Uh, I'm all good. We're 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 putting precautions in place so everyone can work from home and all that kind of stuff. So that's all good fun. But uh, yeah, personally, I, I feel I feel absolutely fine. If, um, yeah, fit and well. So how about yourself, man? Yeah, mate. Um, I, I'm good. I'm good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that uh, all the sporting events uh, in Europe have all been either cancelled or playing behind closed doors. I think PSG played in Paris during the week behind closed doors as well. But I think all those sports now, the Premier League, the yeah. Champions League, La Liga, all the major leagues, La, La Liga, yeah. all the main competitions. I think the Six Nations Rugby we were talking yeah. about earlier yeah, 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 being yeah. postponed to later in the year. Uh, actually, what's happening with the Super League and the, the Rugby League in the UK? Do you actually, know what's happening? That. I think that's I think 
think they're still playing? It's a good question. Um, I don't know because officially the government hasn't hasn't said they need to cancel these things. It's the FA, um, so the Football Association, that cancelled the the Premier League or delayed the Premier League. Um, yeah. So it's there's no official kind of government stance on it at this stage. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are still going um, for now. But the, the rumors are that uh, well, what what I think Boris Johnson said on Friday maybe is that they're going to um, move to kind of cancel those those big scale events. Uh, Australia have said what no more than 500 people I think New Zealand has said the same but the UK haven't yeah. actually put a number on it yet so given the number of people who actually turn up to watch Super League games maybe they can keep playing but uh, you know if if uh, yeah if they do if they do get over 500 people I think that's uh, that's a bust but um, yeah Tottenham will be struggling to get 500 their home games mate anyway yeah exactly <laughs> now mate you got to come yeah you got to come to our new stadium it's awesome yeah well I'll, I'll have to work a weekend where we are uh, we watch the boys' game. Yeah, uh, we do. We do our commentary and then get get to, get to a game right over there. Maybe even zip up to Liverpool. Yeah, so. indeed, indeed, <laughs> mate. Speak, actually, speaking of new stadiums, I mean the the boys obviously opened their new stadium. Uh, I heard there are a few few teething issues with the the bathrooms. You want to talk to that, mate? <laughs> well, I think I think there are some teething issues all over. I heard uh, one of our one of our friends was at the game and yeah, was yeah. mentioning that uh, it took a very very long time to get a drink. Which uh, which is which is is, is is very important, I think, mate. Uh, as part as part of uh, yeah, going going to a game, you want to have a couple of beers. And I remember going to Suncorp Stadium many times in Brisbane, and never having really too many issues with getting beers there. No, they, have, uh, they had multiple bars on, on all the different levels, and it was uh was quite easy to get through. But it sounds like. Um, Mate, it's a long time to get some drinks. There's drinks two things. The game. Two things you want in a stadium: the ability to get beers super quick, mm. and the ability to go to the bathroom super quick. So as long as yes. you can sort those out, <laughs> um, you know. And, and I think Wembley Stadium here, uh, the stati- some statistic of like it's got the most toilets per uh, per person or something like that in in wow. any stadium uh, in Europe. So it's uh, I got to say Wembley Stadium is actually really good for uh, just. Going, going quickly at half time, but uh, but yeah, well, I heard the the Cowboys Stadium had a few issues in that respect. Well, uh, I think the key thing as well there, mate, is you don't want one without the other. Yeah, you know, true. You, you don't want you don't you don't want uh, quick access to the bar and then a long, long wait to the toilet. Yeah, that's um, just going to cause issues, isn't it? Because uh, I remember, I remember a couple of years ago, well, not just a couple of years ago, probably a lot, more than ten years ago now, going to Oktoberfest. Uh, one of my one of my good mates uh, from Australia and. I remember one of the uh, we got there late in the day, uh, around two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and by that stage all the tents were full, mate. And um, so we got to one of these uh, uh, we got to one of these areas which was just slightly it was a tent, but they had us an outdoor setup. Yeah, so it was quite nice because it was, it was sunny, and so we found the seat and, and we started getting into the beers, and we sat on the end of this table with a lot of German and, and Italian guys, and they gave us a piece of advice. They said, "Listen, uh, there is a separate toilet out, outside here, but it uh, has a rather long, long uh, lineup to get in there." So a very, very key piece of advice was as soon as you feel the absolute that you might need to go to the bathroom in the, in the next hour, you go. You, go, you, you go and line up. Take your beer so, and go. Yeah, 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 exactly. You take your beer and go. So, Surely you uh, so, could just you could just set up like a one of those steins and uh, you know leave that under the table. And, you know. Well, Ben, ben I'm a respectable man. And, uh, I'm, not, I'm not like uh, these people from the UK where uh, <laughs> you know, any, any, anywhere goes literally. Needs needs uh, must, mate. Needs must. You know? But uh, but it was a very key piece of advice. So we we took that very early on. And uh, and the fun part was it where they, you, you generally met the same people in the lineup every hour, every 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 one hour. You end up on the same you're, you're sink, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on the same rotation, <laughs> and then uh, and then the same people uh, back at the table, and the people who who you're sitting at the table with. It was actually a situation where we had like uh, double the amount of people that could sit on the table, but everyone was basically getting up, getting up and off at the same at the same time, going to the toilet. So. It actually worked out pretty pretty good. So, that, so the mate of mine that I was there with, I barely saw him <laughs> the mate, entire uh, day. So, uh, uh, so that was uh, so that was good times. But but yeah, but I heard uh, at, at some of the stadiums in Australia, mate, that um that uh, that maybe some people have been uh, st- stealing the toilet paper <laughs> at, at, at the uh, at the rugby league stadiums across uh, across Australia. And I heard there was an issue on, on Friday night in Townsville. So Gosh. I heard I heard there's a few more people who've got uh, got stockpiles at home. Uh, based on the, uh, but normally, normally what you find, Benny, is the toilet paper at those sort of events. <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not the softest. <laughs> no, no, it's usually like one ply, and it's all it's in yeah. those, those big things. So I think, uh, I think, yeah, you'd know if if it was stolen from a, from yeah. a stadium. Uh, also, you've got to be a pretty dire straits to uh, to be doing that kind of stuff. Like, well, 
I heard there was people buying tickets specifically uh, by, <laughs> by, by, by buying the $20 tickets just to oh go into God. a stockpile. Because if, if you watch the game, you see that there was a few seats that were empty. I think there was, about, <laughs> there was a couple hundred people just running just through. Just the bathrooms. <laughs> so you, you would have been in a bit of trouble if you needed to go uh, for yeah. number two or towards the end of the game. Well, uh, you, you go you go in there and uh, you sit down and do your business and find that there's no toilet paper. There, there would there would probably be no worse places to uh, to be in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> Far out. Well, I'll tell uh, you what, yeah, our, our defense was pretty crappy, so uh, maybe they did need a bit of toilet paper. And, uh, I remember being in a situation. I was on. It was a similar situation. It was uh, I think it was on some Greek island uh, a couple a couple of years ago, and uh, it was like four or five o'clock in the afternoon, and having uh, after many drinks. Uh, at, at, at a beach and going to a facility <laughs> and finding myself in a situation where there's no toilet paper. So oh god! I, I don't want to. Don't want to tell you what, what ended up happening, but uh, it, was, uh, it was it was not pretty, Benny. We'll, we'll keep our PG rating for <laughs> yeah, the podcast yeah. and uh, leave it there, shall we? <laughs> uh, but yes, but uh, but uh, I, I will say that it didn't stop me uh, having having a good afternoon. So, oh uh, gosh! <laughs> so it, was, uh, it was not pretty in the end. Uh, there was there was some uh, <laughs> there was there was some piece of my clothing that went missing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, came out shirtless. <laughs> well, oh. well, you know, you know, Benny, I'm, a, I'm in a, I'm in a good fitness state, so I coming out shirtless. Uh, yeah, uh, at, at a Greek island is not the worst thing. No one, no one thought <laughs> <Nah>. twice. <laughs> nah. Oh god. But anyway, mate, you, uh, so you got, yeah. you got to watch the game this week. Yeah, I, I watched it. Uh, I watched you it, watch it live when I got. Or... Yeah, no, no, I didn't watch it live. I was, right. um, I was quite busy at work uh, this week, so I watched it when I got home from work. So. Uh, so I watched it on uh, on the Watch NRL app, so it was quite good because there, um, you know, you don't you don't have the the wait for half time all that sort of thing. So all right, mate. I mean, they're not sponsoring us yet, so let's not uh, yeah. give them too much of a plug. But you know, Watch NRL, if you are listening, yeah. uh, we're we're open to sponsors. Uh, free, yeah, exactly, mate. mate. <laughs> it would be quite good for us to have free uh, free access to that. But... Oh yeah, you're not wrong. But uh, but mate, yeah, where did you, did you watch it live or did you watch it in no, uh, like yeah, after? Because it was on what was on Friday morning for us, wasn't it? So we were both yeah. at work, and um, you watched it Friday night. I watched it Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So um, I yeah, yeah ugh, Friday was just crazy for me, man. Um, and then end, and yeah, ended up, ended up getting home, and I was pretty wrecked. So I uh, woke up Saturday <laughs> morning, um, yeah. watched the game, and and yeah, gotta say it was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a bit disappointing, but yeah. Before before we talk about the yeah, game, yeah. Mate, yeah, initial impressions on the new stadium there. What watching watching it on, on the television? Yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty impressive, wasn't it? Like mm-hmm. it was. Um, I one thing I did notice was uh, when they when they went to Paul Green, uh, they had there was there was a massive glare from the from the lights on the uh, on the yeah. coach's box, so you couldn't really see his face that much. So I wonder whether that was something that was intentional <laughs> or uh, or just uh, just by chance. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure he's he's okay with that. But yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty it, cool, it, man. What yeah, do you think? It looks yeah. like uh, it looks like an amazing stadium, close to the city. Mm. It's gonna it's gonna help support the bars mm. and cafes and, and restaurants in in and around Townsville City, um, which I think is a, is a, is a really good thing. Absolutely. Um, my my parents went to the game and they actually got caught out a little bit because the game started at seven pm yeah. on a Friday night, uh, so it could be broadcast into Sydney at eight pm, and uh, with the daylight savings in Australia at the moment, and, uh, yeah. And um, they were saying they got caught out because they. Um, yeah, they, they didn't realize the game started at seven, so maybe uh, the Cowboys need to just make sure all their members are informed of exactly the times uh, the games are starting. Yeah, fair um, enough. But they they parked at um, Townsville High, which is uh, yeah not not far from uh, from the stadium. They had a 20, 20 minute walk to the stadium, and they said it was yeah not you know nice and close. And where the where the old stadium had uh, actually had um, car parking for a lot of the people yes. who have got season tickets now now that's not there anymore. But um, but there is some schools and uh, there's buses that go to and from the stadium, so sure. they, they got they got there just literally just in time. And but their impression was they said it was amazing, great atmosphere. Uh, you, you you're close to the you're close to the ground. The noise really stays in. The lights look look great. And um, I noticed every, every time they scored a try, the lights were going off and on and doing mm. a, doing a bit of a light show. So yeah, that looks pretty that, cool. Yeah, that's like the the new Perth Stadium also does something similar. Mm. Um, and also looking at some of the shots from outside the stadium as well looked looked amazing. So I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be amazing there to have um, all, all the NRL games and other sporting events within the city. Yeah, uh, and have it so close to all the bars and cafes think, and, and yeah. hotels as well. I think that's it. Like like one thing that makes Suncorp Stadium really good is that you can you can walk there from the city, you know, and you got Caxton Street yeah. there, and you got all the bars and all that kind of stuff, and. Um, you know, as you say, like the the old stadium was a bit out of town, and you had to drive there, or or you know they had parking, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of the European stadiums as well, like like Tottenham yeah. Stadium, or, or you know all the stadiums in the Premier League, and, and uh, all out all throughout 
throughout Europe, they're all, um, or pretty much all of them, you kind of walk there and you enjoy the atmosphere and the build up to the game yeah. and the, the walk in there and the, the pubs around are all heaving and it's just yeah. a really good atmosphere and, and you don't mind kind of getting there, you know, maybe on a, on a Saturday game if it's a Saturday night, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mm. mind kind of spending the day, uh, you know, having lunch and, sure. and, and, and checking out the, the atmosphere of, of it all and then walking in and, and it just builds throughout the day. So I think that's uh, that's something that hopefully, you know, the stadium, when, when it actually can be attended, when the games can be attended, yeah. um, that, you know, that can, that can do. That'd be pretty cool. Well, that, well, that's right, mate. There's been an update from the NRL uh, today uh, about the game saying from, from round two going forward until... Uh, until further notice, that all the games will be played behind uh, closed doors. Mm. Um, so that's a little bit that, that is disappointing for the fans, and and uh, but at least the competition is still going. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not like the the Premier League, that, which is just completely stopped. Mm. So I think you know we were saying before we started recording that until one of the one of the actual players or one of the coaching staff get the get get the virus, then I think they're still okay to to do that. But you know, once once you start getting players that, that have the virus, then then you yeah. really uh, you're in dire straits, and you've got to start looking at you know postponing games and things like that. So, and, and the big hiccup as well, uh, the New Zealand government, and you're saying the Australian government has made that decision this morning. Yeah, as well. they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, where where they're not, and I know a lot of European countries have also. Um, made that as well but i noticed the uk and the netherlands hasn't hasn't made that decision yet that uh foreigners no. can't come in unless you're um unless you're uh, a resident yeah um but uh, but I, I noticed the uk and netherlands hasn't made the decision yet but australia and new zealand both have so that's now stopped i know the super rugby season uh and they don't know in the nrl the warriors now are going to base themselves in australia for a couple of weeks yeah um uh, hopefully until that ban lifts so we'll we'll see what happens, and and I mean some of the people are predicting that this virus is going to be around for three to six months plus. So uh, yeah, the worry the worry is going to be stuck in Australia if they Gosh. want to keep playing in the NRL. They'll just uh, move to the season. Gold Coast, and yeah, that'll, be, yeah. that'll be it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of Kiwis living there, so they'll be uh, they'll, they'll, they'll be set up nicely. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a interesting time because uh, yeah, it's a bit not not, a, not scary, but I think it's a. It's, it's a, just a weird thing. feeling, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. There's like a sense of kind of, no, no one really knows what's going on. There's a bit of hysteria, a little bit of like uh, confusion. And I was actually reading an article this morning about on the whole, you know, toilet paper mm. thing actually about how, how everyone's kind of, uh, that, that the reason people are doing that, there's no actual logical reason for stocking up on toilet paper, but yeah. it, it gives it gives people the, a feeling of control when when um, there's otherwise, you know, a feeling of, of no control in the world um, because, yeah. you know, something like this, you, you can't control it. Um, and, and it's not like, yeah, and the governments have no idea what to do, fair enough. So they're just doing the best they can. So it is a little bit of a weird time, um, especially from a sporting perspective because things are getting called off left, right and center or played behind mm. closed doors. And, um, you know, usually usually when something's going on in the world, sport is something that, that is a bit of a distraction from that, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. you know, when, when all the stuff we had over over summer, the bushfires and whatnot, there was there was cricket being played, so there was at least some kind of outlet where you could just switch mm. off for a while and, and focus on that. But you know, when sport starts getting affected by it, um, then then that outlet goes, and uh, you know, Netflix can only take you so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what do you think about like um, you know games getting played behind closed doors? Would you rather the season just get paused and, I... and then have, have it pick up in a month's time and then? go through to October rather than finishing in September or it is a bit hard but I mean the thing is like if you start if you pause it when do you start it again and uh, you know especially as you say like it's look, likely to continue for another three to six months or whatever it may be so what do you just completely get rid of the season altogether or um, yeah. you know I think playing behind closed doors isn't isn't ideal obviously but it's um, it's probably better to have something being played than, than nothing at least you can watch it on TV and whatnot but uh, that's that's kind of where I think where I sit. I reckon. How about you? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, so, I, I tend to sort of agree with you that uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather see it be played than not. But it is. It's. A, it is a bit of a funny thing in that you know, part of the part of the theater of a of a sporting event is the crowd. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that, that, that's really part of it. And so, um, you know, I mean, we look we look at the Cowboys. They they're playing. I think um, of the next four games, only one is at home. Mm. So I mean, it, it could. It could actually advantage some teams yeah. um, that they're playing their away games uh, at empty stadiums, and maybe it'll give an, a, an unfair advantage to some teams over the other. But 
But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to really understand or, or measure that. You know, look at the Warriors having never not being able to play any home games over probably over the next month or two. So yeah, true. It's a, it is a bit of a it, it can give some teams an unfair advantage over the other, and that, that's my only thought is whether um, it is better off just stopping it and picking it back up in a month's time. Yeah. But then the other side of it is the whole and and, and I mean, our, our podcast isn't uh, based on economics, but in finance, but but what actually happens? Well, that's you know, it. Like I saw I saw the Grand Prix got cancelled in Melbourne this weekend. But so what happens there? What happens with all the bookings and all the yeah. all the all the companies that were supplying food, drinks, uh, alcohol, uh, uh, all the all the seating, all the cafes and bars and hotels and restaurants and yeah, what happens there? You know who who picks up the bill for that? And, and when you're um, looking at when you're looking at um like put the clubs putting on games and things like that, you know the the loss of revenue for them is just oh, it's huge. It's gonna be yeah. massive, you know, and and who. Who kind of comes in to to help out there? Does the NRL subsidise these clubs uh, like for for lost revenue? But you know, well, the where, governments, the yeah. governments exactly. But you know, where does all the money come from? You know, it, like and yeah, it's not like you're kind of every every time people buy stuff, you you're making money in in taxes and whatnot. So you're gonna make, be making you know less money of uh, of that if people aren't going out and spending money. Um, yeah. The economy kind of comes to you know well, it doesn't come to a standstill, but it does slow down, doesn't it? So. Um, yeah, sure. you know, then you then once it's all done, you need to stimulate the economy and get people out there spending again. So from a yeah from an economic point of view, it's um, it's tough. And I was listening to a webinar during the week that was talking about whether whether you prioritize the 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 social element or the economic element because they're two they're two different things. You know, getting everyone to work from home and and playing all these games behind closed doors um, has a has a serious economic impact, but probably a, a potentially a, a positive. Uh, social impact in that it in that it stops the the, the spread of the virus theoretically. Yeah. Um, whereas the alternative is that you let people get on with their lives and go out and kind of socialize and all of that, which has a which doesn't have an economic impact because people are still out there spending money, but it has a social impact because everyone's getting the disease. So how do you kind of how do you weigh those two up? It's a bit of a I mean, there's a reason we're we're recording a Cowboys podcast and we're not in government. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and and what about businesses that that can't work from home? Exactly. Cafe, yeah, cafes, yeah, yeah. bars, restaurants, hotels. Yeah. Um, Pizza chains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. What what happens with those businesses? You know. And, yeah. And, uh, and then if they if they don't sh- run or shut, then how do people? Um, yeah. Uh, how do people go to? Yeah, pe- people can't go to those sorts of places. People exactly. Can't, uh, get takeaway food. People can't get a coffee from the coffee shop. Yeah. You know, uh, what what happens there? So, mate, it, buy, it, buy a, a bunch of it... shares in uh, in Kleenex, in uh, in Deliveroo, <laughs> and, and Uber Eats, and uh, you know those mm. kind of places because you know that's what people are going to be relying on for the next three months, isn't it? Like, yeah, but yeah, it, business business is just going to be decimated, man. Like, yeah. you know, speaking to a couple of clients and whatnot, they're already they've they felt the impact kind of towards the end of last year because. The um well the Chinese market didn't come over to to the UK this this uh, winter like this January and, and February, mm. uh, and so they've they've felt a massive impact in, on that, and now it's spreading to the rest of the world. So, well, what I even heard um I even heard in Australia some Chinese restaurants are going broke. Yeah, people, I'll bet. people are people aren't going there anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so well, yeah, it's, how, it's how silly is this? Like in Pret, uh, Pret-a-Manger is a, like a, a chain yeah. over here. Uh, so one of my colleagues went went the other day to get some lunch, and he said all the sandwiches were gone except the Italian ones. <laughs> the, Itali- <laughs> the, all, the, the, the Italian sandwiches were all there. No one had taken any of them. It's like, all right. I mean, that's a bit silly, but it's, uh, but but it is. It's a psychological thing, and it's it's having a massive impact on businesses. It will have a big impact on NRL clubs, and um, you know, a lot of these a lot of these businesses, particularly small businesses, don't necessarily keep large cash reserves because they don't have the, no. the capacity to. Um, and so then you then you get the um, yeah then you get something like this happens. They have two or three months of or maybe longer of of no revenue, and 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 they go bust. So. Well- well, I was listening to a podcast the other day, Benny, and I was talking about, we're going a bit off topic here. But, <laughs> yeah, a little uh, bit, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I was talking about um, in the US uh, medicine supplies and that, you know, not 99% of the medicine supplies in the US comes from China. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. And, and they're saying now that, um, uh, that a lot of these uh, uh, med- med- uh, medicine uh, facilities in the US are un- uh, sold out and unable to get enough supplies because it's all coming from China yeah uh, and they're the ones controlling <laughs> controlling um, uh, the all the goods leaving the country and so now a lot of um, 
a lot of uh, American uh, pharmacies and that are running out of stock. So, Far out. Um, and so that that's you know comes down to the theory where where you know should a country ha- uh, have enough? Um, should should they stockpile enough to have a have an, uh, a problem like this? But mm. most most big companies would never stockpile because it's a because there is a risk of uh, of, of of that cost hitting the P and L. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. And uh, and so they don't. They just they just get it in when they need it. And in the modern world, they can get it in usually pretty quickly. Yeah, like one or two days later, they've got it. But in this situation where, where imports, exports get, get affected and borders get closed and that sort of thing, well, uh, they're not able to get these, these goods in very fast. And, uh, and yeah, the old, uh, they're saying that the people, the people who, are, who have, um, you know, uh, who have always been thinking that this day will come and they've been yeah. stockpiling, stockpiling uh, things in their garage for a long, long time, uh, people are going to be... <laughs> They're going to be fine. Yeah. But the, yeah. Well, the problem is with stockpiling stuff like medicines and whatnot, right? Like most of them have a have a shelf life. So, you know, you can't really adopt a just-in-case approach. You kind of almost have to adopt a just-in-time approach. But then, as you say, when when, when borders get closed down and imports, exports slow, slow down, what do you do? Mm. But, uh, yeah. yeah, you can you can stockpile the non-perishables, but the, the perishable stuff like medicines and things like that, you know, how much can you really can you really stockpile? and yeah. Anyway, it's all it's all good fun, mate. We'll see. We can make a whole other podcast, <laughs> yeah. podcast on, on this sort of, on this sort of stuff. I know. Yeah. But, uh, but about the uh, about the footy, mate. Um, yeah. Back to the good stuff. Uh, yeah. Back back to the footy, mate. Uh, yeah. I suppose like looking at the game, mate. We we were pretty much um, in regards to our, our actual squad. Um, we we're pretty much injury free, suspension fee, probably apart from Josh McGuire. Josh McGuire, yeah. Was yeah. probably the only guy that would potentially um, would have been there. So, so our squad's pretty healthy going into the season, mate. I know the Broncos, which this is probably one of the things that hurts us as well. They they had quite a few guys out, and I know. Like star players that were out. I think Jack, Jack Bird, Bird yeah. was was injured during the week, and he's gone for the year. Matt Matt Lodge, their uh, one of their forward leaders, was also out. Mm. Um, who else did they have out? They had a couple of guys. Uh, Alex Glenn, their captain, yeah, um, actually also also was out. So they, they had a couple of uh, they did have some injury concerns. Uh, the Broncos they had, they had yeah as we said just three very big names and three players that would take up a big chunk of their salary cap uh, weren't weren't able to play. We we really just had Josh McGuire not able to play. So we're pretty much uh, full strength, mate. Was the seventeen that they picked? Was that what what you would have you would have gone with? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I was just thinking that. I, to be honest, I think it probably was. I think uh, you know, it's first game of the season. Um, try a few things out. Um, but yeah, I was pre- when I saw the seventeen, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, to be perfectly yeah. honest, I think um, you know, as we were talking before we started recording, um, the bench is maybe something that that needs a bit of a bit of thought given to it, given that you know um, what happened with Justin O'Neill in the. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty early on in the game, and then Mitch Dunn goes into um, to to center there, and and we had a few issues in both attack and defense then um, with yeah. with him at the center. So maybe a utility style uh, player on on the bench. Um, then what do you do with the whole with the hooker position? Uh, is is another question. Mm. But um, but yeah, I think as as you said, what the Bronx had uh, two forwards, a center and a and a kind of yeah, um, and, and McCulloch yeah, also also on the bench. So yeah, so they, um, teams are doing you... it, and we can do it, you know. But like, and we've got the we've got the resources to do it, and we've got really fit forwards as well. That, so yeah, yeah. It, the, the risk with the risk with the Bron- that the Broncos took um, by only having two forwards on their bench is what do they do if one of their forwards goes down mm. with the HIA with injury? Then they've only got one forward one forward on the bench in the in their rotation, um, or or if they get two forward injuries, um, that they're they're in a bit of trouble, you know. So I think it, it, either way, um, by having by having the the sort of you know, yeah, you, most teams will normally have sort of a hooker slash utility on their bench to cover the hooking role. Then normally they have sort of three forwards, where normally the third forward is can be a, a back rower who can also fill in in centre, which is what we went with, right? So we had um, we had the hooker on, on, on the on the bench. Yeah. Uh, then, then we had uh, Mitch Dunn, uh, Francis Milo, and Corey Jensen. So we had the two middle forwards and Dunn, who can sort of cover back back row and and uh, has also played a little bit of centre or five eighth in his past as well, so can cover that. But it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a tough decision. Uh, the other thing is that um, the hooker that we had on the bench, uh, his name is uh, Scanty right Reece now. Reece Robson. Yeah. yeah, he also has played a little bit of um, middle forward in his past as well. He, he can also cover thirteen mm. um, a little bit too. So I guess that was that was Green's thinking. But probably the thing that I, I would mention there is that so I felt Benny so many times last year 
we lost an outside back through HIA. I'd like it to seemed like every bloody week, man. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'd yeah. like to know the stats on that, actually, but it felt like uh, we did lose uh, a centre or a winger uh, in HIA, and it's almost getting to a stage now with HIA that, um, you, you you know, like, like what Broncos did, you almost need potentially uh, a specialist outside back on, yeah. the, on the on your bench, and um, and then the question is, you know, um, one way or another, you got you do you got to roll the dice a little bit and take a chance uh, with who you got on the bench. So, well, what do you th- question- yeah, what, what do you think um, about the the tackle on on Justin O'Neill, the the Pengoi, uh one well, that like that wasn't the one I think that he went off for. He went off again for a bit later, but it was pretty. I mean, he went on report. It was pretty bad. It, like. it, yeah, he's been he's been he's on report now for a, uh, six weeks, uh, potentially a six week uh, suspension. Yeah, uh, was what I was what I read this morning. Because he's so got heaps of like priors. So yeah. And the thing is, I wonder too with teams whether they I would hate to think that teams are doing a have a tactic of this, mm. but it really, but it really does disrupt teams when you lose a winger or a center. Mm. It really, it, it's a massive uh, disruption to to any team. So and it seems you, like you wonder were... whether teams are, are starting to think about that and yeah. maybe maybe targeting. It did seem like they, like like they were targeting um, Justin O'Neill or that edge in particular. Yeah. Um, whether they were targeting it with the intention of you know doing what they did, or whether they were targeting yeah. it just to put pressure on, is a you know is a different question. I don't want to cast aspersions or anything like that, yeah. but but it, they certainly it did seem like they were targeting him, and you know and and we paid the price. And as I say, we ended up with um, with Mitch Dunn in there for for most of the game, and uh, there was yeah. you know one one pass in particular, one play in particular where he, he could have thrown that pass and probably. Uh, yeah. A, a trained center would have, would have thrown that pass, and that yeah. you know Benny Hampton probably scores there, and and that makes it a different game. So yeah. it does it does it does play a big role in in the outcome of a game if you can disrupt a team like that. Although, as you say, you'd like to think that teams aren't aren't going out there specifically to do that. Yeah, well, well, the I mean, the ideal if we did have a, an outside back on the bench, probably you would look at um, someone like a Ben Hampton mm. uh, who, who can play almost any position in the back line, actually. And also, uh, you, you could throw him in there as, as a nine, uh, or as a bit of a nippy, um, or as like you know, number, six number, or seven. number thirteen. Yeah, you, you could play him anywhere in the back line. Yeah, so he would be the, the ideal ideal guy to have on a have on the bench. And uh, and then the question is then, do you, do you bring him onto the bench to uh, rather than a, a forward or rather than the, the reserve hooker? So uh, I thought Reese Robson actually. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that in the positives, but. Um, it's, it, it, is, it is a hard decision. One one way or another, it's sort of taking a risk yeah. by having either only two two full time forwards on the bench, meaning that that if, if one of the forwards goes off with an injury or HIA, you're left a bit thin on the bench in that way. Or if you go the other way, where you then put a third forward on the bench who can also potentially cover a centre position, then then you're then you're you know on that side you're you're, you're hopefully covering it, but uh but you are risking yourself because then you've got. Uh, a back row or a forward playing uh, playing in the centres, and we saw that multiple times last year, where we had I think there was one game there where we had uh, Shane Wright and um, and Cohen Hess both playing centre uh, by the end of the game, and it really does disrupt absolutely um, your your entire back line during the game. But what what were your thoughts on um, you know, probably probably the other selection? Um, uh, you know, I guess I guess we picked both hookers there. As yeah, well. I thought they didn't go too bad, but then probably the main thing was um, drink water over Clifford. Yeah, uh, how, how did you think uh, drink drink water drink water played? I thought he did well. I mean, um, he's he obviously did well in the in the nines, uh, and he was yeah. given given a chance. And um, I thought he did well. I thought um, his uh, kicks weren't the greatest uh, throughout the game. Yeah. You know, it's round one, so you, so you give a guy a bit of um, a bit of lenience in that respect. I didn't think Morgan's Morgan's kicks were, were that great for half the game as yeah. well. So I thought maybe our fifth tackle options all around the board weren't weren't consistently good. Um, and yeah. actually, Green mentioned that in the pe- in the press conference mm. after the game. He, he, did, he yeah. said, um, you know, when when yeah, you, you need to get your defense right and your kicks right, and we didn't we didn't quite get our kicks right. Um, but I thought there was I thought there was a lot to like about him. Um, he was involved, I think, in the um, in the try that we uh, that Kyle Felt scored. Um, yeah. he he was one of the passes in the lead up yeah. to that. Well, well um, both, both both tries, um, one to Valentine Holmes, Holmes and, as well. and, and, yeah. the, and the and the one to Felt in the first half. Drinkwater uh, threw threw a key pass in in both of those two tries. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I, I, look, I thought it was good, and it, it, it what I, what I saw was um, Michael Morgan actually running the ball quite a bit, um, yeah. or, or trying to run the ball anyway throughout the game. Whether um, Drinkwater gives him the gives him the freedom to do that, or whether it's a con- it's just a decision that he's made, uh, I'm not sure. But um, but it was good to see Morgo running the ball, um, and if yeah, and, and so so to be honest, um, mainly positive in, in what I saw from Drinkwater. Obviously, a little bit of room for improvement but um mm-hmm. but yeah I, I'm happy with what I've seen uh how about yourself man what do you think yeah well, well it was the first time um the spine played all together yeah they, true. they, they hadn't played all together in, in the off season so it's going to take a bit of time for for Val and Drinkwater and Morgan and then Reese Robson and Granville to sort of get their combinations mm. bit, 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 uh, working so I think and I think you know after three or four rounds hopefully we'll, we'll see a bit of bit of improvement there but the thing, the one thing with, um, I thought he looked, he looked good with ball in hand. I would have, would have liked to see Drinkwater um, run the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I wonder think, whether that was like whether it was a decision that it was going to be Morgan who ran it more than Drinkwater, yeah. or, or you know whether that was a game plan. But um, yeah, yeah, no, that's a fair point because that's what he did well in the nines as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, he's really good with it. He's really good in his feet. You know, mm. uh, he's got he's got quite quite uh, you know, quite nimble footwork, probably better than Morgan actually. So. Um, you wonder whether they've got the right roles there, there um, um, between organizer and, and runner of the ball in the house. But yeah, but yeah, I, I think probably an area for them to, to look to improve is yeah, making sure yeah, pr- probably the running of the ball, especially with Val Holmes there as well, making sure they they, they get the right balance between them. But well, let, I let think me, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this then, mate, because um, you said last week that that what Trent Robinson looks for uh, in in the first what five five weeks is not necessarily wins or losses, but how the team's playing, right, and how yeah. they're how they're setting up. Are you happy with the way that we we approach that game, the the way that we played it? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think the yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting question. Like I'm I'm sort of almost in two mm. two minds with it, like. I did see a little bit more. Um, I felt that they did use the ball a little bit more than what they did in prior years, um, but um, but in some ways I felt there was a little bit of the sameness. Like the two tries that we scored in the first half um, were nice, nicely uh, nice tries, but they were also effectively from backline moves that were structured. Yep. So I didn't see too much unstructured unstructured play and what tends to happen throughout the season is that the fences wise up to that a little bit and they, and they do manage the number off a little bit better so i think the advantage with the with having structured moves this season compared to the prior seasons is we do have uh guys like valentine holmes and Ethan masters out wide who have a little bit of good footwork yeah uh, and, and speed and agility so that so it, it will make our structured plays out wide better because you have guys out wide that can beat and also drink water as well there. So you can't have the guys that wide that can beat opposition players a little bit more one-on-one. So it, so the structured players that wide will be better, will be a bit better um, this this season. Probably the things, the things that I was looking a little bit more for was um, I would have liked to have seen um, drink water and probably Holmes, Holmes, you know, run the ball a little bit more off, off unstructured play. Mm. I didn't quite see that uh, that much. And then the other thing that I didn't really see too much is uh, on the edges. Um, apart from Eastern Masters, to be honest, I thought Eastern, Eastern Masters, Masters was really, really good. Well, I thought, yeah, he had, he, had, he got five offloads. He had, he had the most tackle breaks and, and also had a lot of run meters as well. Yeah, he looked really he looked really good. Um, but apart from him, probably on the edges, I didn't really see that much from uh, Gavin Cooper and Cohen Hess mm. um, that I was. I was expecting a little bit more from particularly there. Hess. I thought, you know, I yeah, thought, I thought Coop, he was Cooper very quiet. towards the end of the game was was there and trying to get everyone up and like trying to lead yeah. from the front. I thought, um, but yeah, there were periods of time where he, where he went missing a little bit. But Cohen Hess, I mean, he missed that tackle um, firstly, which uh, you know where Fafita ran through and and, and then scored. Yeah. Um, and in attack, he didn't, you know, yeah, he didn't really offer too much. The no. he, he didn't put in a memorable performance, put it that way. So yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think Hess. Uh, when I watched him a little bit of the nines and a little bit of the preseason, he looked like he was getting, he was starting to get some offloads. Mm. He looked like he was, he was running the ball a bit harder and looking for gaps. But I felt, I felt a little bit with Hess, and I noticed this in prior seasons as well. When he plays in the back row, when he, and, he, and then he's playing eighty minutes, he, he looks a little bit to me like uh, he holds himself back a little bit because he knows he's got to get through eighty minutes. Yeah, you know, he, he looks like he he doesn't want to puff himself out too much by coming up with a big tackle. Or um, or kind of coming up with some really big runs, and you look at like a Penguin Junior and those guys with the op- and Fafita. Yeah, 
those those guys are both of them were just ripping in the whole game. Uh, we're running hard, tackling hard. Like maybe they've got a bit more experience than and well, not probably they don't have more experience than Hess, but they, they look like they weren't holding back. And do you, do you reckon that's something to do with like with the the training and and needing to train more on well, like explosive, um, you know, explosive energy well, or something like that? Or well, well you, you look at the before the game, I well there was a late change to our our, our lineup. Corey Jensen came in for Shane Wright, mm. so that was interesting. We named our seventeen with two back rowers on the bench with Dunn and and Wright, and then only one front rower uh, with Francis Milo. So. I was wondering when I looked at that, I, I thought, well, this this looks promising. This looks really good by because by having two back rowers on the bench, that normally is a positive attacking mindset more because you're looking to put some back rowers uh, on on uh, into the in the, off the bench, meaning a couple of them might have to play through the middle, which means they should have some nice footwork, might get a few offloads. Yep. Um, it also means potentially by having two back rowers on the bench, that probably one one is there to take to to look, to, uh, especially Mitch Dunn. Uh, who's a, who's normally a right side back rower, which is where Hess was playing. Potentially, there you're looking to give uh, Gavin Cooper and maybe Hess a bit of a rest during the game, um, and therefore Hess wouldn't wouldn't play 80 minutes. You know, maybe Hess plays maybe 10, 20 minutes through the middle, has 10, 20 minutes on the bench, and then ha- and then plays maybe 30, 40 minutes on the right hand or left hand edge. So yeah, you what you wonder there whether the the initial game plan was was for Hess um, not to play 80 minutes. And then when um, Justin O'Neill got the head knock early in the game, and, and, the, and then the only back rower on the on the bench came on and played centre, probably meant that Hess had to play eighty minutes, you know. And then mindset wise, he's thinking, well, True. Uh, I, I, I now have to play 80, 80 minutes, and he's going to hold himself back a little bit. But yeah, I, I didn't see any big charges from him. I didn't really see any offloads or big tackles or um, you know that you would normally associate with a back rower, you know. So. I thought um, I was I was I was definitely disappointed with uh, our forwards and our and our edge apart from missing masters. I didn't really see that much creativity. Um, you know, nice little links of passes, offloads, um, beating opposition defenses again, except for masters. So mm. that that's probably the area that I felt a little bit uh, from an attack standpoint. Anyway, I thought yeah, I thought our, our edge and I thought our aggression through the middle was a bit lacking there as well. I thought we got dominated. Yeah, through the forwards and, and was, on the edge, on the edge there. It was an interesting game because it started out really high intensity. I thought, um, yeah. you know, first game of the season uh, against the Broncos, you'd probably expect that. And then we really we dropped in our intensity. And then towards like for the last twenty minutes, you know, when we scored those those two tries, all of a sudden, with the intensity was kind of was there yeah. again. And it, so it, it, it's that situation that we had last year, which was not playing for the full 80 minutes, you know, the whole team not playing for the full 80 minutes, not being up for it. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a weird kind of game to watch uh, in that respect, I, I suppose. Um, and the Broncos really did dominate for large periods of the game. And you, yeah. You've got to say that they, they were the better side. Um, but for sure. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I think there were there were some positives to take out of it. There were, as yeah, you say, I, you know, the spine, the first time playing together. Um, so, it, it, as things shore up, um, then then it'll all you know hopefully come good. But but it's like we've said in previous seasons, we can't just assume that it's going to come good at some point. You do need to kind of highlight the areas that that you've just highlighted to say we need to improve on these because if we don't work on them, we very quickly find ourselves. Zero and five, one and four, and then we're on the back foot for the rest of the season. So yeah. can't do that. Probably the thing that worries me the, mo- the most actually is I watched the preseason game against the Storm, and they were up twenty nil against us um, by half time, and then they took all their their main players off, and the game ended up being twenty four to fourteen. So it didn't look that bad in the end. But and, and this game as well, pro- and, and I remember hearing a lot of the pro- the, the the press conferences uh, before the season started, where a lot of the players. We're discussing that they worked on their defense a lot yeah. uh, in, in the off season, and that that probably worries me the most. Is uh, as you know, Benny, a, a defense uh, has never never been the Cowboys' strong point. No, no. One, one reason or another, it's never been our, our strong point. And uh, and the preseason and also this game, I felt that some of the tries the Broncos scored. You know, there was there was one or two one try off a kick, which is difficult to always defend. But looking at some of those tries, like their first try. 
their hooker Turpin just strolled over without a finger being laid on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, under well, the sticks. Yeah. Um, and and actually, that's a point I think because um, Valentine Holmes was was at marker there and yeah. he, he kind of ran off. And um, I did think that Val was really good in in attack, um, but I think defensively he made a few. Uh, errors. I think you know he'll he'll obviously kind of settle back into the NRL. It'll probably take a couple mm. of weeks, but I did think um, that he made a few defensive errors at, at fullback, which um, which cost us either field position or, or, or tries at times. Um, so you know having yeah. having that short up would would be a big would be a real help. I think. Yeah, I, I think with Val too, and I, I, I want to touch on him, and maybe I'll mention we'll talk about him a little bit later, but. Um, the thing to keep in the back of your mind with, with Valor, he is only 24 years old. And also, um, when he left the NRL to play, uh, to go to the US, he'd only really had like about half a season playing fullback. Yeah. If you, if you remember back to that season, he started that season, I think on the wing, uh, and then he ended up playing fullback probably about halfway through the season. Yeah. And then, and then he really, had, he really played well towards the end, the back end of that season when he was really on fire then, but Looking at his at his previous three or four years of the Sharks, there he was predominantly a winger. Um, so he, he he has a lot to learn about mm. the position as well, and I think he will get better and better and better as the season goes on, especially in defence, but also in attack as well. So, do you remember I, when I, um, when Morgo went to fullback and the first I think three games he played at fullback, he just made some terrible yeah. terrible errors at, at yeah. Um, you know uh, yeah in defence. But then he came. Then he came good. He, he learned the position, and, yeah. and and he was good. Um, you know. Then obviously he doesn't doesn't play there anymore. But it is it is such a tough position because it's a completely different view of the field from anywhere yeah. any other position. You know, and, sure. and and you have to really take control of the team defensively uh, as well as in in attack uh, and be that that voice yelling out. You know, telling everyone where to go. And I thought Coot used to be quite good at that. I thought. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, as you say, he's not played that much there uh, yeah. at, at NRL level anyway. So it's going to take a bit of time. He's been out of the game. I think, you know, yeah. didn't see anything there that, that, that had serious concerns. But, um, mm. but it was, yeah, there were a few defensive lapses that, that, that cost us a little bit. Yeah, the other thing too is that you've got to be super fit yeah. um, to be fullback. And I really noticed actually with Holmes, um, probably from about the, the back end of the first half until the rest of the game, uh, he did. He did have a lot of run meters, uh, so so he did play. Uh, he, he was strong, but I really did notice, especially yeah, for the back end of the first half and a lot of parts of the second half, you could really see that he was really uh, gassed out. Mm. Uh, he, he was limping towards the, the back end of the game. A lot of the kick returns he was giving to his wingers to run the ball back. Yeah. Uh, if, if you remember the Val Holmes from from two or three years ago, he was storming onto the ball on on kick returns. Yeah. Uh, he, he he was one of the best in the in the NRL on kick returns. He 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 was running. A million miles an hour with no self-preservation at all. So, um, so I can see that he's. Uh, I'm really hoping he can get through this season injury-free because I think that the more games he plays, um, he, he'll get that game fitness back, uh, and, and also he'll get used to the how to play fullback. And that, that's the thing is he's learning how to play fullback. Plus, also getting his, his fitness back in. So yeah, I think, uh, I think when a, he went to the states, the commentators were saying he put on an extra kind of six or seven kegs or something, and then yeah. uh, you know just to try to not not in in fat but in muscle, like to try to bulk up to, to play in the NRL, yeah. NFL, and then coming back, he, he obviously he's lost that 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 weight. Um, but it's just getting used to a, a, getting used to playing the NRL again, getting used to you know the, his body the way it is now. Um, yeah, mm. it's it's going to take time, and it's the kind of thing that you can play trial games and whatnot but until you actually get into the nrl and do it there um you know that's that's when you know that the, whether you're there or not and he's probably not yeah. quite there yet but there's you know there's there's nothing but positives really like it's all uh, it's it, all building it, yeah that and, and and the big thing is uh, with our uh and I'll, I'll continue about our defense in a second but yeah the big thing the big thing to me with the spine is just getting them uh, i really really hope that that they all have pretty injury free seasons or all, all, all of our spines so homes uh, Morgan, uh, Drinkwater, and then uh, Granville and Reese Robson. Uh, I really hope they have injury-free season because they just need to play, get time playing with each other, mm. you know, and they just need to get time getting uh, match fit again because they're all, they, they, the potential there is is quite high. But they, they've just got you can see there that they need to get their combinations right, yep. and and they also need to get game fit and match fit. So it's so important that the, that in the first five weeks they all just play together. They all that none of them get injuries and, and they can all um, you know, get used to playing each other. But 
going back to our defence, yeah, that, that first try was Holmes and, and, the other, and the other marker going for a dummy and Turpin not even getting touched. Uh, so that's, so I guess they, they will hopefully learn from that. The second try was they threw the ball wide. I think, uh, what's his name? Um, Shibis, not Shibasaki. Um, their, other, their other centre, I think Shibasaki's gone to the Knights, one of their other young centres, mm-hmm. uh, beating Gavin Cooper on the outside and, 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 and scoring the try. Um, then the David Fafita try. Um, running, running through uh, both Masters and and Hess had like three goes at him. Yeah, and still and, and, and I, still missed him. I think that Fafita uh, try actually even came off the back of us almost scoring a try too. Yeah. I think it was that same set where we needed to muscle up in defence, and um, and we did for the first three or four tackles or three tackles maybe, and then on the fourth or fifth he just busts through the line and scores a try. You know, like yeah. literally it was it was from our try line or you know from us yeah. att- attacking their try line to them scoring a try, and that's like that's <laughs> that's unfortunately all too familiar a story. It's really yeah. annoying. And, and their fourth try was. Um... I think uh, their fullback scored. He only just came in late in the piece, but he, yeah, they 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 must have got six or seven uh, passes or offloads during the one play, mm. uh, and then they they beat they beat a couple of guys to, to score a try. There was a lot of missed tackles in that area. Mate, our, our missed tackles at the end of the game were over fifty. Um, it, it, and that's what's interesting about this game is that, and and continue on about the defense point was that um, if you look at the key stats of the game, mate, we we actually had fifty five percent of the ball. We had way more meter runs. We had way more kick return runs. We had way more passes. Uh, we had the ball a lot more than the opposition, but our missed tackles uh, and tackle breaks were way were were the opposite direction of what you wanted. Yeah. And 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 that's the thing. Fifty two missed tackles is a that that's what I'm saying. That that to me the the biggest concern in, in the game is is that was the missed tackles because in the storm game in the trial I saw a lot of missed tackles there as well. Um, so it worries well, me because I, I, hear, I, hear, I heard that the coaching staff saying that how much they've concentrated <laughs> on, the, on the fence in the offseason. And the first game, they've made, they've made 52 missed tackles. When you talk about um, like the, what, what, what we want to see from the boys, which is like beating your man one-on-one or like, you know, break, breaking mm. through tackles and things like that. Um, you know, that basically that's what, that's, that's what opposition teams are doing to us, but we're just, we're just yeah. giving it to them. You know, we're, we're, it's not like they're beating people one-on-one. We're just like, we're just not even showing up in defense there. Like 50 odd missed tackles is like, okay, I understand it's week one, but when you've been working on your defense all off season, um, you know, and some of those missed tackles, man, they were, they were like pretty uh, basic. They were pretty basic, you know? Um, yeah. so some of those tries they yeah. scored were, were so frustrating for that very reason. But you're not going to win too many games uh, missing 52, 52 mistakes. Yeah. As, as I said, we had the majority of the ball, the most meter runs. Uh, but yeah, as I said, it, when you when you make 52 missed tackles to the opposition 20, mm. um, you, you're not going to uh, you're not going to win win too many games. The, so the thing is, like, so many times we had chances to score. We were we were right up on their try line, right up attacking yeah. their try line, and and for whatever reason, you know, we we didn't quite get there. Ran it on the fifth a few times, didn't didn't make it across yeah. the line. Um, that's fine. And then we didn't muscle up in defense and they pushed their way all the way back to, you know, all the way back up the other side of the field. And like, you know, you can have 50, 55% of possession, but if when you don't have the ball, you're just letting them march up the field. And when you do have the ball, you're, you know, really toiling hard to try to get up the field to try to score, score a try. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter. Possession doesn't really, doesn't really come into it. Yeah. it. It's, it's all about, you know, field position and what, what you're actually doing with the ball. And, I thought, you know, we were doing we were doing some good things in in attack. We were, if yeah. if, if our defense had, had had sharpened up and we hadn't missed all those tackles and we'd actually really been able to put pressure on them from a defensive point of view, then I was actually really excited to see what our attack was going to do because we 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 were kind of pushing forward and we were giving ourselves an opportunity, but then we were our own worst enemy, uh, well, in attack and also really in defense because then we're starting again, starting our sets again from. 20 meters out from our own line kind of thing. Like it's hard to put sustained pressure on when you, when you're doing that. Yeah, I, I completely, completely agree. So, so I mean, to me, um, the, the next, the next, um, I mean, the next four weeks, are, I mean, are, are just absolutely uh, vital. We, yeah. Yeah. Like we, um, uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we, I think the next four weeks we've only played one game at home, one game at home against the Eels. Yeah. Um, so we'll be playing some games at, at empty stadiums, but to me, the next few weeks, mate, we got the Bulldogs away, Eels at home, then we've got the Knights away and the Broncos away. 
So that that Knights and Broncos games away will be very very tough. Mm. Um, not the Knights Mind had you, a good win yesterday. I mean, if we end up really playing, good. if we end up playing that game against the Broncos behind closed doors, that would be. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it could be an advantage, like I said earlier. Yeah. That, um, that our, and of the next four games, three are away. Uh, it makes a, a big advantage when you're not playing uh, uh, in front of a full stadium away from home. So um, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think, yeah, man, if we. If we start the season one and four again, or Ugh. zero and five, or, or even two two and three, because our, our sixth game round is uh, is against the Storm, so um, so that, that that that'll be tough because they, they they actually got up today. They beat Manly away from home, so they're going to be strong again, mate. So if you start the scene to me, if you start the season, yeah, yeah, even two and three in the first uh, five rounds, because we'll probably go two and four after the Storm game in round six. Um, Positive attitude. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're already starting the game. Um, I think. I think in our first ten games, I think. It, I think it evens itself out to be five and five, home and away. Yeah. But um. But I know. Um. But yeah. I think. I think during the season, it's sort of uh, two and five, three and five, two and five, three and five. So it goes through like that through most of the season. But I think. I think. I just think it's so critical that you're not chasing your tail. Like the last two seasons, Benny, we've started the season one and four, hmm. uh, and we've been oh, chasing it, and we've it. yeah. And you're chasing your tail straight away because immediately you've got to win a couple of games in a row yep. to get it to get it back to an even even wins and losses just to even have a thought about getting into the eight. Yeah, and let, then, let, yeah, let, let alone here. getting into let alone getting into the eight. Exactly, we're sitting here doing the maths every week, going, okay, well, we could win that one, lose <laughs> yeah. that one, and then we're going to win three in a row. And you know, you don't. There are teams like the Roosters and like the Storm who just never have to do that maths. You know, they that's one stress off the, off their plate, and they never have to think about, oh, well, we need to win the next three, and then maybe we'll be even, and we might sneak into the eight. Like you take that out of it, and it becomes a much easier ride. You know. Yeah, well, and, and so again, um, so yeah, so to me, um, some of the some of the negatives coming out of the game were yeah, our, our defense uh, through the middle and out wide was was very concerning, and then probably in attack, uh, how we use our edges, um, and also like like to see our, our halves uh, and probably run, run the ball a little bit more. But I think that uh, from a positive standpoint, mate, I, I thought I thought in the hooking area, I thought Granville and Rich Robson seemed to do do okay. They seemed to. Rotate quite nicely, but Rich Robson was quite good when he came on. Uh, the Granville was actually quite quite strong as well. Um, he didn't see he didn't have any wobbly passes that that, that I noticed. No, uh, so he he, he, yeah, he ran the ball reasonably well as well. So I thought that wasn't too bad. I thought um, I thought our, our spine at, at times looked very very promising. So I can see that hopefully, as I said before, the more games they play, uh, they'll get better with with the combinations, but also getting match fitness. And then I thought also Eastern Masters was really strong I on, thought that he was right, great, on, the, on that right edge, man. And he, yeah, he had five or six offloads. He had the most tackle breaks. He had a lot of meters run. He was enthusiastic. He, I think, he, I think the commentator said he had five five runs in the first uh, fifteen minutes of the game. He was right in there. So he looked to me, he looked very strong. Um, so so he was also also positive. I think he's a yeah. guy. He's he's the perfect guy to give early ball to. Yeah, uh, he's really got good, good energy. Footwork. He's, yeah, yeah. He's got good energy, good footwork, and he's got a really nice offload. Yep, absolutely. He um, he was just starting in and in and around, and he was trying to he's trying a few different things, put a few kind of little kicks in that didn't maybe didn't quite come off, but you saw a lot of promise there. And uh, mm-hmm. when you have someone like that around running around, and when Val gets back to full full strength or full um, fitness, I guess, um, then it's it, it is there are promising signs there. There really are, yeah. and that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to see us explore a lot more in that game but we didn't yeah. have the opportunity because that defense really let the Broncos just march down the field um, you know we couldn't explore that kind of stuff close to the line as anywhere near as consistently as as it would have been nice to um, but if we can if we can shore that up and, and get that going then then there you know it's exciting times I think I think um, you know our, our judgment on, on the team as well in the preseason will probably be uh, yeah, I mean, we'll be able to say more probably after the first five rounds. Because after five rounds, uh, the team has had then plenty of time to implement uh, how they want to play. They, they, they get their match fitness, um, you know, after a couple of rounds, and we'll see how they're going then. But I, I, I just think for the for the sake of the season, um, yeah, the, 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 this weekend's game, Benny, next weekend's game against the Bulldogs away from home, is uh, to me is is a critical mm. is is an important. I mean. This stage of the, of the season, there are no must wins, 
but to me that that's an important game because it's it's I, about I, I, how we play as well more, more yeah you know the result is really important obviously but like how how are we going to play you know are we going to yeah. miss 50 tackles again you know because if we miss 50 tackles and we still get the win well then you know that's even obviously it's yeah, it good to, good to get the two points but like it kind of puts a band-aid over the issue doesn't it like yeah that's true Bennett. yeah it's, yeah it's a good point and but the thing is like uh, yeah uh, also after the dogs game we then have uh, four pretty tough games. We mm-hmm. have uh, the Eels, the Knights, the Broncos, and the Storm. We're going to have four four reasonably tough games. And if you start the season zero and two, leading into those that, that stretch of four games, mm. it's uh it's, it's going to be tough. So I think it's uh it, it's important that they bounce back. I think you know like uh, we've, we've mentioned already that a lot of the points that, that were the negatives and, and some of the positives of the game, but I think it's it's so critical that they regroup now. Uh, and really now focus on the next game and and work on the combinations, work on the match fitness, work on the on the areas that they want to get better in, which is the defense and um, and and you know and using the ball on on the edges. So I, I'm curious to see how they go in the, in the next the next few weeks to see what what Green has up his sleeve. But What's I think, um, when's I think next for game? Green's is it future, Thursday. Yeah, let me have a look. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure when our when our next game is actually on. Um, I, I have a feeling it's Thursday night, so it'll be Thursday be morning our time. So. They maybe maybe try to be working from home by then and uh and, and put it on the background, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's the Thursday, yeah. It's a Thursday night game, so they've got yeah. a, a pretty quick turnaround actually. So yeah, they they're going from Friday night to Thursday, so they're having a a good event, yeah, like a, a reasonably short turnaround to try to get get things back on track. Um, the other thing too was I heard that the game it was very warm in Townsville that day as well. Oh man, you saw like every, did you see the humidity and everyone was sweating yeah. and like it looked pretty uh yeah pretty harsh. Yeah, well, a lot of the players were getting bad cramp towards the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that, that help. That hopefully that helps uh, bring forward a little bit of their match fitness. Uh, it, it should True. be a lot easier than that. A lot easier than, than that. Then playing down in Sydney on a on a Thursday night. So yeah, man, I, Benny, I'm I'm keen to I'm re- really keen to see the next game and, and see how they develop. And yeah, again, but not so much about the result, although the result is important, but but how they play. Yeah. You know, what, you know, how, how they defend. How they defend through the middle and on the edges, what combinations they're building, and then also in attack uh, through the spine and, and through the edges, and how we are uh, and how we're looking looking to play because that's uh, yeah. The, the, as I, uh, I've said to you before, like in the first five rounds, it, it's not uh, it's important to get wins, yes, but the probably the most important thing is to put into place how you want to play the game for the for the for, for that the rest season of the season and, yeah, get that, exactly. and to get those combinations. So yeah. if you start the season two and three, two wins, three losses, it's not the end of the world um, because that, that's easy to get back uh, during the middle and towards the end of the season. Well, not easy, but you can get that back. But it's 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 more about as you say it's more about how you're playing and like getting yeah. that getting our spine working together and and working out you know what where our strengths are what our weaknesses are and what works what doesn't and what how we're going to play for the rest of the year because we never really it felt like last year we never really quite worked that out. No, well, and and I think uh, if you do start the season zero and five and one and four, maybe that also tells the coaching staff that they. That they need to change something up quickly, mm. you know. And, and I felt in prior years, mate, when we've started the season, you know, one and four both years, it felt like the coaching staff and the players didn't really react that quickly to try to change things up, mm. you know. Like we, we did in, in both years, they were they were disrupted, disrupted with injuries uh, and, and certain things, but and suspensions and and uh, Barber getting let go and that sort of thing. But on the other side of it, it didn't feel like all all of the last two years. I didn't feel that we were looking to change things up during the year. It, it felt, felt like, like we, were, we, we were doing the same thing over yeah. and over and over. Um, I felt so like we kept faith with yeah. we, we kept faith with the system that was failing, and yeah. um, you know the, I think as you say the last two years have shown us we can't do that. So the, and this year already it feels like it's a bit different than that. Yeah. For whatever reason, it does feel a bit different. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully the the spine can start working together. Hopefully we can get the results, even if it does take a couple of weeks for it to happen. As long as there's positives that we can take out of every game, um, you know, we yeah. we we as you say we, we missed a lot of tackles this game. So if we can fix that up for next week, um, we really put ourselves in in um, yeah in the driver's seat and 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 take control again. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the areas that I noticed, uh, Drinkwater had actually one of the, I think he had the most missed tackles. Oh, really? Um, so, uh, and, and again, he, he's a guy who's played probably the last two seasons or three seasons at fullback. Now he's moved up in, into the front line. It's going to take him a bit of time to get used to 
you know, making 20, 30 tack- tackles a game. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, there's things that there are definitely positives that come out of the game, but there's also lots of negatives and lots of things for them to work on. Um, and it's a bit hard to say, all right, we're after round one, there's already things to work on because they've had the last four or five months to work, to work on things. Yeah, but you're, but, you're um, testing but, it out, aren't you? Like you, you, yeah. you work on these things, you go and test it out and you see what, what works and what doesn't. So, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, mate, uh, we're talking next week uh, uh, after a positive result on a, on a Thursday. But, uh, but mate, if, if we get another loss on a Thursday, it really ruins yeah, it mate. again. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, you can't hear me? Uh, no, no, I got you. It, it just disconnected, right. but yeah. Okay. Uh, let's yeah. wrap things up, shall we? All right. Yeah, no worries, mate. Well, yeah, those yeah. are the main things I wanted to cover, mate. And uh, we, we talked about the virus, so we, we've covered all the big issues uh, <laughs> this week, mate. mate, mate. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the next game and seeing the improvement. Uh, hopefully, see some improvement. And from me, mate, it's uh, come on the boys. Yeah, indeed, mate. Look, I'll just uh, quickly run through. You know, we're on Facebook, uh, NRL Cowboys Chat. We're at uh, Twitter, at NQ Chat. We're on uh, iTunes, although I think it's now Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify. <laughs> Give us a yeah. rating. Listen to us. Uh, do what you want, really. But uh, anything you can do to give us a rating on the on the old Apple um, side of things does does help. But uh, yeah, thanks thanks for listening, guys. And uh, yeah, from me as well. It's uh, it's come on the boys. Come on.